Welcome back aboard Costume Station Zero. We're here with part two of my chat with Scott Sebring and Valerie Anderson. We're going to keep diving into William Hartnell land, talking about the first Doctor's wardrobe. And be here in the uh, next episode, after part three of this interview, we're going to have Steve Ricks, the Doctor's tailor, talk all about tailoring different coats from the sixth Doctor to the eleventh Doctor and more. So I hope you'll be there for that. In the meantime, we're counting down to Gallifrey One, so stick around. And here we go. Now, what was yours uh, made out of? Was it like a wool winter scarf or silk or what? It was wool. It was a wool blend. I mean, it was a $10 scarf. Sure, sure. So, but it, it was a, it was probably some kind of wool blend. But no, it wasn't silk. Yeah, I uh, well, I don't really expect it to have been silk. But, you know, you just wonder. Because at the end of the day, hey, does it have the reed? I don't care what it's made out of. Let's go. Well, it's like your trousers, right? Now, now what corner in New York was this <laughs> Eighth and sixth. <laughs> if you still got them, I'll pick up two. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Scott, I, I might be able to help you out there. Um, uh, I the first version of the scarf we put together. Uh, again, I point back to time and money. This is the budget crunch version. Uh, I just took extra material I had picked for my Tom Baker neckerchief, which was you know a striped mint green color, and we just made another flat scarf for Hartnell. I mean, no tassels, but hey, again, it's all about the reed. And it was a little flimsy, but it, it did okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. I was never entirely happy with it. And then uh, later on, uh, for my next Hartnell, I, I don't even think I had a scarf really. F- no, no, no. I still had that scarf for you, Scott. But when I eventually wore it again for Gallifrey, um, I ordered one very quickly online and they sent me one that wasn't quite the one I ordered, or at least it didn't look that way when I saw it online. So it's it was okay again, but to me it should have um, those really strong gray and black stripes. It should look very gray, very black. Yeah. So I lived with it, and then um, now finally, because uh, it's a sli- it, you're right, it's a deceptively hard scarf to find. You think, oh, a striped scarf that you know you should find those fairly quickly. Uh, no. <laughs> Finally, you start looking. <laughs> yeah, it's always when you start looking. Um, you know, and you might have even seen something just right months or a year before. Like, oh, and you just think it'll still be there, and you go, and of course it isn't. But uh, um, no, uh, a good friend of mine online named Will uh, found, uh, I think Tesco in, in the UK was selling these scarves. They were seven pounds, which is you know like I don't know ten twelve dollars, and uh, it, they look great. They look really really good. And unfortunately, they don't ship to the U.S., so he was nice enough to uh, to buy it and ship it uh, for me after I paid him back. And uh, it looks great. I now have a Hartnell scarf I'm very happy with, just like yours. It's a, it's a wool blend with the tassels, and I'm like, okay, finally, that part's done. 
my god! And it was really, really hard. I mean, even looking online, I was on eBay, I yep. was on Etsy. It was, uh, you know, any uh, dog pile looking, um, and striped scarves where the stripes are the length of the scarf yeah. are hard to find. There's plenty of striped scarves out there that go the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, golly. Like the Tom Baker scarf, for instance. Uh-huh. Yes, like yes. the Tom Baker scarf. <laughs> um, and uh, for what it's worth, I've been told that these are similar to rugby scarves. So if people are looking, that's another awesome. option, another search thing to put in your, uh, your field, uh, rugby scarves, and, and take a look for those. Um, but yeah, no, it, eventually you will turn up something and, you know, at the end of the day, if it's a stripey scarf and it's not too colorful, you'll get by, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, Scott, if you're interested, I can, I can point you to, uh, to getting another one of these Tesco scarves. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're... <laughs> and I have a friend out in England as well, so <laughs> there you go. Of course. Well, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Good old Ben, Ben Bentley. Um, so let's see, uh, that's most of the costume. Oh, wait. There is, of course. There's, there's, there's more. Wait, there's, there's wait, and wait, there's more. Uh, there's uh, the cane. Yes. Hmm. The good old cane. Uh, that is a bear <laughs> to try to find a good match to as well. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's let's talk cane, Valerie. How did you approach your cane? Well, that was the very first thing I found, and in fact, was the. Um... It, it was what made my decision to make to do that costume. I, I found uh-huh. it on eBay about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's not a, it, it's a good read of Hartnell's cane about from the hand, from where you're holding it and a foot down. But other than that, it, it, it bends. I mean, Hartnell's cane didn't bend, um, but it was one of these canes that was made out of a root. Sure. So you you were constrained with uh, with that. But I saw it, I fell in love with it, I went ahead and got it, and then, then like three years later, I, I did the costume. So. <laughs> and it's interesting taking that on the airplane. Uh, you guys are lucky, at least you get to drive to these things, but I have to fly. And um, it was interesting with the stewardesses trying to help me on and off the airplane with my cane. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this is an area where unless you're a woodworker, um, you're probably going to have to find or buy something that uh, is fairly close or have someone make it. Um, I know the first cane I did, again, budget was a $20 cane I found on eBay. It was uh, kind of a a cherry brown, and it did have a spiral carved into it, but it wasn't uh, twisted like a root. But I had to live with it. It was the closest possible thing I could find. So, you know, it did okay. And then, um, let me think, about a year or two later... Uh, I found a guy who actually makes canes for a living. That's like his, it's actually started as a hobby. Now that he's retired, it's kind of his his main, you know, uh, job. So I talked to him about it and I said, hey, I'm after this kind of cane. Can you make this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he said, it's like a, it's like called like a twist kind of a cane where you just have to find the right kind of branch to, to make it from. Uh, and then it's a, he said it was a deer antler handle. Um, I always thought that the handle was sort of a white ivory, but he's totally right. If you can find, there's some, there are some good uh, shots usually from the Aztecs that you can find of this cane where you can actually see, no, that you're right. There is a, it's a nice little kind of a, a deer horn antler uh, handle. So he put that on and uh, voila, I have a, a very nice uh, read for a Hartnell cane. It's the, the spiral to me is still a little on the uh, not as extreme side as I'd like, but it's still it's a little, uh, it's like, 
were to tight. It's a bit of a tighter, yeah, a bit of a tighter it's, thing. It's, it's a little, little tighter to the uh, to the stick, as it were. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. But it uh, again, it reads great. I really like it, and you know, uh, it's it's not like you're going to do a whole lot better because you're at you're kind of at the mercy of nature on that one. Well, yeah. You know? well, yeah, but that's not the cane I use for my feminine hartnell. Ah, well then, uh, what, what did you use for your feminine hartnell? I, I just use a, uh, a twisted Darby cane. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. But then again, the great thing about uh, feminine interpretations is you do have a wider range to interpret and, and make it work for that. Oh. Yeah, that twist on it, which I think is great. In which case, it frees you up from that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, get your palette a lot wider. But yeah, no, the cane is great. I um, I, I do mention in, uh, by, by the way, there is a first Doctor Breakdown where I hit a lot of these salient points. I'll put the link on the post so people can check it out. And uh, there's some nice photos there. And I, I put links to a lot of this stuff so people can check it out. Um, let's see. So after the cane, well, we should mention briefly the rings that he wears. Which I know Scott uh, is probably rolling his eyes at right now. No, <laughs> no. Why would I roll my eyes over rings, you know? <laughs> well, you were complaining about the ring you were wearing that day quite a lot, as I recall. Well, okay. I mean, the disadvantage of it is is that, uh, as some of, you know, have surmised from this, is that, you know, a portion of what I was wearing was stuff that, you know, either Vicky made or I was able to, you know, put together for myself or pieces borrowed from Bob here. And the ring, uh, you know, well, wasn't fit for my hand. <laughs> it was it was it was Bob stuff. So, you know, Bob Bob has these very fine, very refined uh, hands. Uh, I have these, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, not built the same as it were. Okay. So yeah, so there was a bit of discomfort about <laughs> some of these uh, rings would kind of bite into my fingers or not want to go back over my knuckles. So. Yeah, so it was, so I what I had was more discomfort, but generally I don't have a problem with rings as yeah. long as they're for my hands. They were adjustable, <laughs> apparently not that adjustable. Sorry. Well, you know, actually, here's a little subject on adjustable rings. Most adjustable rings I've ever ran into in my life pinch, and one uh, where where they're where you can adjust them from the middle. They got that little gap. That gap will find, at least with my hands, they they will find a way to grab my skin right there and hold on for dear life. <laughs> it will pinch me every time, you know. Uh, so, uh, somebody write a solution for that one. <laughs> well, you know, you had two. Oh yes. Two rings. Uh, the one, the the larger one. Uh, frankly, I had that all along because I've done co I've done characters for years here, and uh, I mean that ring I wore as Elizabeth I. I wore that ring as Norma Desmond. I wore that ring lots of different uh, characters, so it's kind of an old friend, as it were. And I decided to use it for Hartnell. The signet ring. People don't wear signet rings anymore. You can't find them. Oh no. And when oh, no. you and when you do, you pay a mint for them. I got lucky, again, happened to be at the flea market. I looked down. There's a nasty-looking little ring there. Looks like a signet ring. How much? It's a dollar. <laughs> Done. Sold. I take, I take it home. I put it in a, a jewelry bath, and it turned out just fine. Thank you. And even if it hadn't, I'd have probably painted it. So. <laughs> right, yeah. There's a, Hey, man, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But, uh, you know, that it's it's that perfect thing where, um, you know, the, the ingen ingenuity 
and the perfect find. And when they come together, I always say that uh, the costumes when you're doing them, sometimes uh, you're it's it feels like you're fighting the world to get it together, and other times it's like it's like the moons have aligned and everything just falls in place, and it's almost like you know fate was telling you this was the time to do this. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, and I know that's happened to Scott. It's happened to me. And uh, you know, it. And even though maybe you had some some baby steps initially, uh, it's always when it really comes together, when all the major pieces happen, it tends to be somewhat fast, faster than you think. And then you do have the flip of mm-hmm. what you just said, which I think is interesting. That you'll get that one key piece, you know, and you think, oh, well, now that I have this piece, the cane, or now that I have this, you know, jacket. I think I'll do a William Hartnell and you would never really pursued it if it wasn't for finding that one key piece. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, oh. it'd, be, it'd be very interesting. I think on any kind of, uh, I think on any costume or any, you know, whether it be the doctor or a companion or Batman or Spider-Man, what have you that, you know, it, quite often it breaks down to one particular piece. You know, whether it be a hat, a gun belt, a <laughs> pair of boots. Uh huh. Very true. Scarf. <laughs> Scarf. Well, sometimes it just <laughs> it, the the look of the costume just hinges on that one piece, and you can fudge the rest, but you gotta get that one piece pretty close. Um, I yep. find. Uh, well, I, I know for my rings, uh, yeah, I I mean the the large uh, dark stone uh, for the um, uh, the right hand I got on eBay. And it's worked fine so far. I'd like to find one slightly darker, so that's another... All these little upgrades I'm already thinking of now for Hartnell, even though my plate's very full with other stuff. Ugh. The costuming addiction yeah. continues. Uh, and then for the <laughs> the other ring, um, I lived initially with just um, with a plain silver ring, because you're right, those signet rings are very hard to find. Uh, and then I lucked out at a, a thrift store that's uh, near us in Burbank called Junk for Joy, and they happened to have a ring that, that looked just right. I think I paid 15, 20 bucks for it. And, uh, there you go. And luckily it was, it was adjustable. So that's, uh, that's all you needed to go with. But, um, so with, with Hartnell, the other big thing to talk about, uh, in past the costume, um, would be the wig, um, and dealing with your hair. Cause that's also so important to the character. So do we want to talk wigs? Well, I, I think, you know, give me about another 20 years of my hairline will be perfect. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, what are you gonna do this year for Hartnell, Scott? I'm just gonna let it grow out. <laughs> so I got that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> the the Hartnell hairline is half the battle, I find. Oh man, yeah. Um, well, then I have to hide all mine up underneath there, and I honestly didn't worry about the the. The hairline. I, frankly, I use the hat as a crutch on that one. Absolutely. You, know, you put the hat on the you you put the hat on the wig and it works for feet for people and that's that's what in my mind that's what counts. Um, the wig I bought I bought it on I bought it online. It's uh it's from a company called New Look, and I think the uh, the name of the wig was Linda, but it was long and I I got it like two days before I had to fly out there. And I set it up in the bathroom on a little styrofoam head, and I got my scissors, and I started cutting. And if that was not the hardest thing I ever had to do, because <laughs> you only got one, sh- <laughs> you only got one shot. Yeah, there's no back, there's no backspace with scissors either. 
no. I, I got lucky. You know, my husband walks in the bathroom. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> stay on target. Stay on target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, actually, for the wig for Hartnell, uh, got really lucky. Um, for the past uh, couple of years now, um, Western Costumes out out this way have been doing a spring cleaning sale. And they just started doing those, I, I, maybe 2009? No, 2008, I think, was the first time they started doing them. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, you know, once a year. And, uh, and they just put out all kinds of stuff. And it's usually stuff that is in serious need of repair or what have you. Or way too small. Or way too small, you know. And uh, But they'll throw out, like, you know, just all kinds of things. And this one particular year, they had a box. Uh, full of various wigs and so forth, and they actually had these lace wigs, just a bunch of odd waist, uh, lace wigs for like about a buck. Yeah, I mean literally. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to use this for, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lace wig for a buck. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm yeah. taking. You know, it was like because, um, like I said, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, of wigs, lace wigs in particular for hair for, for hairlines and so forth for a more natural hairline, uh, and um, you know, like I said, it's just it was like another tool that I could put you know in the tool chest. Um, now, when I wore it in uh, two thousand and nine, uh, we hadn't really trimmed it because uh, we thought the initial read on it we thought was right, but once you put it on a receding hairline, it makes it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, the thing, so, so subsequently, uh, the thing did get cut down, but not when I wore it in uh, 2009 initially. And once again, you kind of put the whole thing together, do all that makeup, then you look at it and go, "Oh yeah, it's a little long." <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. You know, as you do, as you do, and you learn, and then you get version 2.0. Uh, I know this is a case where I used your wig um, when I finally wore it uh, myself in, in 11. And actually, the first wig uh, we had, which wasn't a lace, was also from that same sale, and I would picked it up for a buck. And it wasn't great. I even went to the trouble of having it styled a little better. But it's such it was such an old wig, it didn't totally take. I mean, it, again, okay, but not great. Um, and that was what Aubrey wore. And uh, but when I when I wore your wig in eleven, um, and Vicky helped with the makeup, it did read pretty well. Although I found, and, and we've both been through this for small other projects. Uh, briefly at Gallifrey uh, this past year, I wore it for basically to take some shots with Terry and Vaughn as Stephen and Dodo. Mm-hmm. And um, when I put it on, I um, I didn't have time to do the the long makeup process, so I just hit the sides of my hair with some silver grayish silver spray paint to hide it underneath the wig because it doesn't totally cover the sides of your your real hair uh and then did what you did valerie just plop the hat on over it because no time to hide that hairline and it worked well enough for the for photos and i know scott you did that for the the fan film that kevin shot right yeah i mean uh other than the the uh, one time that i did it for uh gallifrey uh we did for uh reprise the role uh for a fan film um and once again, it was one of those cases of like, you know, not sitting in a makeup chair for, you know, four hours. Uh, but there were certain challenges as far as doing that, that particular lace wig because I tend to have sideburns and, uh, and darker hair. And even that lace wig uh, with a hat on, uh, all my dark hair from underneath just wanted to, you know, show up or peek through or something. 
so I even went, you know, I cut my sideburns up pretty high. But, uh, yeah, still had to hit my under hair with, like, some gray uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, actually, I take that back. I experimented doing that and didn't like it. <laughs> now, remember, I didn't like the read on it. And so what ended up happening is actually I bought a very light because the wig that we have is not like a silver gray. You know, it's just a very, very light, 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 light blonde, you know. And uh, so I actually got a lace uh, beard piece. It was a piece for like, uh, like, uh, the, like, uh, uh, like I said, a lace, uh, very light blonde beard, cut it in half, flipped it around and actually did the lace just along the side of my uh, the head for that. <laughs> and it created this hairline. It, it, it created this hairline just around my temples uh, and was able to sweep back into that wig, you know, a bit. Well, you know? no, that's what it takes sometimes. I, I think there's a, a lot to, again, in like in repurposing uh, uh, clothing for a pattern or a fabric, uh, I'm a big believer, and you know this, Scott, that uh, if you need to hide your hairline or you need sideburns, then they're not, they're not selling the right sideburns uh, in lace. Uh, look at goatees and beards. I know that our Pertwee sideburns is a goatee we cut in half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, I, I'm a fan of spirit gum, you know. <laughs> As am I. Well, in in moderation. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it's easier to wait. That's something to do every time. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I said, you know, uh, it's easier than waiting for things to grow out. You know, and uh, or you know, like I said, in my case, I got very fine uh, eyebrows, and in some characters, I, I need heavier eyebrows. You know, that sort of thing. So, lace is your friend. And uh, if you are uh, having to go with the white hair look and your hair is naturally darker, um, then you also have to remember to match your eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, and just on the other side, just on the other side, I think the other thing that kind of happens just when we're talking about, you know, putting the wig on and putting the hat on with it. If you were in the hat with a wig, you kind of have to go with the cloak. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, or in the scarf, or at least the scarf and so forth. So it was like, you know, I know that uh, you and uh, Comic Con in July. Oh gosh, <laughs> you weren't wearing that hat and scarf and cloak very much. <laughs> I was happy to sport it for a while to give them some some airtime, so to speak, some floor time. But yeah, after exactly. yeah. after about an hour, you know, and, and some and some choice shots by the TARDIS, I happily stashed the hat and cloak and uh, and, and moved on and went. All right, now I'm 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 basic Hart and Ellen. Oh, it made a huge difference. Yeah, and even then, oh, bald, yes. caps, bald caps are not necessarily, uh, I mean, the, the, they're not uh, cool to the head. I mean, I mean the, the bald caps themselves are quite warm. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was, fighting, I was fighting the sweat on that one, too. Oof. Yeah, I had no you place got, to go. You, guys are, Sorry, you guys are lucky. You, can wear, you guys are lucky you can wear those. Unfortunately, my hair's so long. I mean, it, it's like two feet down my back. Um, mm -hmm. So I had to get all that up there. Um, but what I use is a pair of pantyhose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> as you do. As you do. <laughs> but, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, well, I think I could go into a whole other makeup type thing here. Uh, but as a matter of fact, you can do a bald cap uh, technique with that where you would actually have to pretty much uh, 
uh, French braid out the uh, your hair, do it all in the back, kind of like yeah. a Princess Leia bun, uh, and you would cut right. the uh, you would actually cut the back of the bald cap for that to be free, and then you would be pulling the uh, the the wig up and over that for the most part. But yeah, you would have that thing oh, pinned up in the back there. But mm-hmm. but for the but to create room in the bald cap, really what the bald cap's really there for is uh, one. So you got you know uh, something to uh, well one to move that hairline back mm-hmm. and um, you know to about the almost the top of your head, not not quite the halfway point, but you know definitely receded back. So what I'm just saying is that as long as you've got that covered with the bald cap. And it's nice and secured in the back. Uh, you can have that opening in the back so you can get it over. I was watching a uh, makeup artist uh, a couple months back. Uh, names escapes me at the moment. But uh, he does makeup work for uh, Saturday Night Live. And they got to do bald caps like in seven minutes. Uh-huh. I mean, they're amazingly fast. Yeah. And, and quite often for a lot of the uh, female uh, actors or actresses on the show or guests, uh, they got to put a bald cap on them for certain characters all the time. And so uh, that was the little technique I saw that he did. And the light bulb went off to go, ah, they can do it like that. Uh-huh. 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 You know. Of course, the one catch about Saturday Night Live, it only has to look good for about five to ten minutes. Yeah. As opposed it, doesn't to- have, it doesn't have to endure the five hours or plus on the floor. So um, related to wigs, I wanted to ask, um, you know, for, for those listening who might be considering Hartnell and uh, – you know, they're on the, the more youthful side. Are there any makeup tips to help make them look a little older? Silence. <laughs> the sound of silence. Well, I, th- I think the main sound of silence comes from me in regard to that. I have to laugh at that because the year I did Hartnell, I was like two years older than he was when he did the role. <laughs> <laughs> kind of comes natural <laughs> but I mean, you know you're I, you guys are better at that than i am frankly um the only thing i've done in terms in my younger days to look older because i was i played the um a maid in the sound of music oh. um and it was your basic uh eyebrow pencil with a wrinkled eyebrow and a little bit of sunken cheek yeah, um, I was about to say the reason why I was mainly kind of quiet about the makeup on it is really because uh, Vicky was doing my makeup, and and I have to admit we really didn't go very far into we had tried we did do a test a makeup test prior to Gallifrey uh, just to get the hang of doing like a bald cap and you know applying a lace wig to it, uh, and she tried to do a bit more of an aging makeup to me at that time. But uh, the initial result uh, made me look dead. <laughs> right. It was very zombified. Oh, very zombified. I mean, it was like, you know, we'd grayed out my skin, you know, a bit much. You know, maybe if we had more time, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to kind of suss out the technique a little more. Uh, so by the time uh, we did Gallifrey, I actually, we just really just went with just making sure that we blended the uh, bald cap and the wig as well as we could and then do my eyebrows. And then, uh, that was really it. I mean, I just, uh, I try to do it more with my expressions or what have you, you know, my face rather than, uh, you know, old guy. But then again, I'm approaching that. So <laughs> you try to exude the character more in body. I try language. to exude the character more than rather than, you know, 
I, I mean, because I mean, Hardnell has age, but he's not like a craggly, craggly, you know, wizened. Total... He's not wizened. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. That's a good word. Word today is wizened. And, and, and the problem. And the, and, and the problem with somebody trying to do makeup like that is that it does make you look a lot older than you really should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, fact. I mean, seriously. Yeah, you don't you don't go shooting for looking like Albert Einstein. No. Y- you right. know, and uh, and the problem with aging makeup, you know, once again, I mean, my main disadvantage is that I got a much more fuller face than him. I've got a bigger head than him. You know, all those kind of fun things. So no matter no matter no amount of makeup would change that physicality that I had. So I just try to I so I try to exude do more acting <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. makeup at that point, you know. You sell it with the voice, you sell it with the stance, you sell it with the poses. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yes. Yep. Yes. In fact, the first year I did Hartnell, I didn't wear makeup. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Well, then again, I know uh, Aubrey. <laughs> I, I I know Aubrey didn't wear a lot of makeup uh, that first year. He did it too. But then again, that was all back to lack of time and money. Um, but uh, so I mean, just talking about actually wearing the costume. Uh, what what have been your experiences wearing it? Has it has it gotten a lot of love? Has it been overlooked? Uh, have you have you had any standout moments to, where you can you know really represent the first Doctor? My favorite standout moment, Bob. My favorite standout moment, Bob. Yes. Was at the bar at Gallifrey last year. Oh yeah. <laughs> but there were two. What was it? There were two ones in a bar. Yes, two, two first doctors at a bar. Two ones walking to a bar. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those who, who those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, there was a moment where uh, uh, Valerie was talking to you. What was what was that gentleman's name? I do not know his name. I'm uh, I'm, I'm bad about that. Okay, well, there was, a, there was a guy also dressed as a Hartnell, except he was sporting the Panama hat for, uh, Circa Daleks Master Plan. And I happened to be walking in to get food, and I saw them, and I'm like, oh, this is too good. And, <laughs> and I took a photo, and it's in my Gallifrey report. I'll, I'll make sure to repost it. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty rocking. Uh, seeing, and, and you were the femme one, too. So it was a femme one and a male one. I was one. the femme one, yeah. 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 What about you, Scott? Um, you know, like I said, I think the, I think the key thing for me was, like I said, I did the first Doctor because of really just a lack of, you know, getting to see that one represented. Uh, you know, other than the time that Aubrey did it at uh, San Diego, but you know, showing up as the first Doctor at Gallifrey, well, that's the audience. Oh yeah. You know, if anybody's going to get it, you know, um, and uh, and I could tell from a lot of the folks at that particular time, uh, they hadn't really been seeing, you know, the first doctor represented. So I think there was a warmth and probably more on the novelty, you mm-hmm. know, of, of seeing me in costume. And, uh, but like I said, he was a fun character to do. Um, but as far as the standout moment, it's like, I wasn't really meeting anybody from the, you know, the original run, you know, in that regard, <laughs> uh, you know, Barbara didn't come up and give me a hug, you know, or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but no, I think it was just fun to, like I said, go fly the colors out there for the first Doctor, and that that was really it for me. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny, is because I remember seeing uh, Valerie, uh, like I said, it was uh, 2011, you know, sporting her Hartnell outfit, and I, I saw that, and I'm going like, hey, I don't have to do Hartnell anymore because she's rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was one thing 
in 2011 that I do remember. I was, I think I was in the dealer's room or the green room or somewhere, and somebody grabbed me and ran me down the hall. You've got to see who's here. You've got to see who's here. And it was Warris Hussein. Oh, yeah. Who had made a surprise appearance, and they ran me down the hall to meet him in costume. And I've got a picture somewhere of me and whereas he's sitting there at the desk signing autographs and looking at me real hard. Yeah, you do that. He was really nice to me, but I wasn't dressed as hard now when I met him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's the funny thing is that, you know, just kind of bring in a slightly different point here. Uh, like I said, for cosplay for me, it's just all about fun and enjoyment. But I'll tell you, uh, I mean, I enjoy dressing in certain characters, uh, you know, certain costumes from time to time. But I'll tell you, I get the biggest kick out of watching others in costumes. And, and yeah, I don't get proprietary like, well, you know, I did Hartnell. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, I mean, I'll try to do the best that I can in particular characters. But, man. I always appreciate when I see somebody just like I said, you know, as I say, taking it to 11, you know, just go like, wow, that's so cool. You mm -hmm. know, and that, and, and I have to tell you, Valerie, the first time I saw you in that outfit and I was doing the photography over at Gallifrey, I saw that outfit. And I'm like going, Oh, here we go. I mean, cause like I said, studied it, knew certain things that, you know, that I was attempt, you know, uh, wanted to do with the costume or hope that I could find for the costume. But it's like I, I was looking at your costume from head to toe, going like, "Whoa, check out the vest! Look at that cloak! Look at those trousers!" <laughs> I'm still I'm still geeking at the fact that you told me that was gauze. Now I'm just like, still yeah, kind of, you know, <laughs> that vest. I remember looking at that stuff on the vest, and I remember you telling me you had to, you know, stitch this yourself. And I'm going like, "Yeah, I wasn't going to do that." <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I was I was eyeballing the trousers too. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, but it was a real thrill and kick uh, to see you do that and do that so well. And uh, yeah, I, and my camera was just rattling at that point. Click, 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 click. Oh, we gotta get zoom in on this. Click, 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 click. You know, it was good stuff. I know uh, for me, my um, the the moments I had wearing it, um, and it, it's a surprisingly cool. I'm, I'm not going to say in terms of temperature, obviously, but a cool costume to wear uh, when you are in the right crowd that that really dig it. Because um, when we did the big collection of doctors there, um, you know, toward the end of the day, uh, just at the meetup, uh, I know there was a there was a lot of love to actually see. Oh my gosh, a Hartnell! And uh, there was a, an artist I remember who uh, who signed a nice art print Doctor Who art print to me. Uh, when I was wearing it, and uh, we uh, we took some nice shots by the TARDIS. But the the thing that got me the most, well, there's the funny story where I'm walking back to the convention at the tail end of the day on my own, so I've got no doctor group to fall back on for recognizability. And, and just for reference, this is Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con, not Gallifrey. Not, yes, not the audience it's necessarily meant for. And, right. uh, and I'm walking in just to make one last purchase and say hi to somebody, and I remember passing a guy who went, wow, everyone's at Comic-Con this year, even Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and, oh. Oh. and I didn't have time to like turn around and go, wait, wait, no. And I'm like, oh, well, let, let him think Ben Franklin's here. Why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this, though. I mean, I still think one of the cool meetups, granted, to be the first doctor and representing, a, you know, in a whole group of doctors, you know, uh is I think the most notable picture I could think of you as the first doctor is standing next to Matt Smith. And Karen Gillan. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, no, yeah. that that was a fantastic moment, and I was I was glad to be Hartnell, and especially standing next to Matt Smith and Karen Gillan in those respective photos. Yeah, that was big moment for all of us, big big moment. And uh, I'll, maybe I'll, shows your picture over on uh, Graham Norton. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes. On his cell phone. Yes. It, it's funny. So many people are used to me dressed as Tom Baker that uh, I've had several people write to me say, "Oh, I see some of your friends got to meet Matt Smith. Too bad you weren't there." And I said, "Look closer at Hartnell," because they think there's no. <laughs> No Tom Baker there, so I'm not there. And I'm like, no, no, no. I see, I surprised you. And they're like, oh, so yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That was that was the other that was the other big moment. And and actually, after the Ben Franklin moment, um, like <laughs> the Ben Franklin moment, uh, there were four other guys. And trust me, for Comic Con, four other guys is thank you for the to, to those four gentlemen who stopped me to take my photo and who did know who I was. And one guy in particular. I uh, said, you never see a Hartnell. You never see a Hartnell rocking it. Yeah. You know, he was so jazzed to see <laughs> the first doctor. So I thought, all right, cool. I, you know, then my job is done. I just made this guy's day. So, uh, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was very, yeah. very nice. And that's, and that's how I feel. Yes. That's how I felt that first year when I did Hartnell because people were recognizing the character. Mm-hmm. And I, it just pleased me to see them light up like that. Oh, yes. Oh yes, yeah, because it's it really isn't done that much. I mean, I I've, I've maybe seen one or two others before, you know. I've seen all of ours together, and you know, and usually they're okay. But like, I I maybe oh there was a, that one guy at Chicago Tardis did a, a yeah, fabulous say, version. There's a lot in Chicago Tardis that does a really nice job. Just regretfully, I've never gotten to meet him in person. That's all. Yeah, no, he did he did a, a fab job. Um, but I know that prior to that, if you go further back in the two thousands. I hardly ever saw it. Now, granted, cosplay in general, especially in Doctor Who terms, was kind of at a, a lull, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, you just didn't see it. So it's it's so great to see that the Renaissance is now reaching back to uh, the black and white era. Although you can clearly see there is more love for Troughton than there is for, for Hartnell, sadly. But uh, uh, ho- hopefully we can help turn that around. Hopefully the, some people will listen and get some tips off of this because I just think there is a, there's a lot of fun to be had with Hartnell. And especially if you have do uh, what that gentleman did with the, the group and you get an Ian and a Barbara and, and uh, yes. Susan and so forth. Yes, mm-hmm. I was very pleased to see that, too. Yeah, yeah, I saw that that big group shot you guys took. That was that was phenomenal. Um, oh, so let you know. I know we don't have time to get into everything, but what, let's touch on your feminine version because that was really interesting too. You know, I had somebody approach me in 2011 and asking me about the femi thing, and 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 frankly, that's the first time I had I even knew that folks were doing that. And you know, my focus was on Hartnell as Hartnell. Mm-hmm, sure. Even though I'm female, Hartnell is Hartnell, and it surprised me when I saw all that. And uh, the girl asked me if I would even consider doing a feminine version, and at the time I went, oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I found this pattern um, that I bought. It's kind of like your story with the wig. I bought it basically because, you know, one of these days I'm going to use this. Yep. And... Uh, it um it's um that's what prompted me to do it um i i had it in my head to do that i don't know what the oh i know what it was 2 weeks after i got back from gallifrey 2011 i was listening to my ipod playing with the cats and up pops zz tops sharp dressed man 
Okay. And I went, you know, that is the perfect music to do a feminine hartnell. <laughs> and so that is what, that's what started it. Mu- that literally is what started it. Music influenced cosplay, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, um, that's because cool. when I when I did heart when I put Hartnell on stage in 2011, I did not have any background music, and you don't know how lonely that. Well, maybe you do. Um, that was lonely up there, mm-hmm. walking across the stage with Hartnell, and people loved it. Don't get me wrong, but there was no background music or anything, and it just kind of was like silent so it bothered me uh to a point when i got home um i started thinking about what i could have done and um up popped the song and i went you know that would be a really good thing to do with hartnell can't help but do it so you know that's what prompted me to do the feminine outfit wow yeah just on the side (laughs) i was if i was ever to go uh just doing a solo thing up on a costume stage my background music would be crickets chirping for sure intentionally i just i just (laughs) (laughs) just embrace it scott just embrace it just there so that when i hear them i know i put them there (laughs) 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 they're there because i put them there i I meant to do that i meant to do that So did you reuse anything on your on your femme costume? I mean, uh, even just fabrics or anything like that? Or did you... Sorry? Absolutely. Um, I reused the scarf. Couldn't help but reuse the scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the vest out of the same material, did the same embroidery all over again. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, the, I used the same tie. I used the same spats, but I had I didn't actually use the same spats. The spats that I used for the Hartnell costume were kind of short because all they had to do was cover up a pair of wingtips. Mm-hmm. What I decided to wear with the feminine outfit was a pair of uh, boots sure. that hit just below my knee. And the spats, by virtue of the boots being as tall as they were, the spats had to be remade. So I had the same material. I just made another set of spats. Um, the pant, uh, the, the skirt was made out of the same gauze I made the pants out of, except that I didn't line them with interfacing. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. Actually, the gauze, the gauze worked real well with the skirt. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, use the same tie, um, use the same, um, belt buckle for the cloak closure, except I didn't really have a cloak on. It was kind of a... A, a, a cut-off vest. It was um, almost like a tuxedo coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pattern was more of a tuxedo coat cut. And so it had a, a high-cut, high-midriff cut on the front, but it had tails in the back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Hartnell didn't wear tails. No. But that's okay. It's <laughs> a feminine. Okay? Exactly. So, but... Just to give it a little bit of a quirk, because I know how quirky Hartnell's character was, I cut one of the tails in half diagonally so that one was longer than the other. <laughs> I know that's, I know that sounds really strange, but if you see no, the it, video of me on the stage with it, 
If I turn my back to the audience, the tails are not the same length. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, okay. That's, that, that's a very cool little asymmetric design thing yeah. that I think is, is just clever. That's very cool. Yeah, and, and, and that was my homage to Hartnell. Uh, the hat, uh, actually, that was a stewardess hat mm-hmm. that I found on eBay. It was just this little felt hat, and I added a little bit of... Um, yeah, I, I talked about this character to somebody in 2011 and said, you know, if I ever did a Hartnell, a feminine Hartnell, she's got to have a, a net. There's got to be a net. Uh, I bought some black lace to put uh, to drape over that hat in the front a little bit. Um, to to I don't know that that character just reads to me that it had to have some black lace on the hat. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, but, I mean, you know, Hartnell was all about lace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, actually, I, the, I did, and, and nobody probably noticed this, I did have a pair of glasses on with that outfit. They were, they were a pair of glasses that kind of went with the ones that he wore with that Panama hat. Right. Uh, just, right. An old, just an old pair of Santa glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. It. Yep. So. That's the funny thing, just kind of back to the waves, I found that the really light, light blonde ones, is you have a nice read for Hartnell, you know, you get to the silver gray and it just doesn't read the same, for lack of a better oh, word. Oh, it's harsh. It's really yeah. harsh. Very, very harsh. Yeah, very harsh. So it just seems like an aged blonde, you know, it just seems, is what it seems yeah. to go with, so that's... It's anyway, a good read. Yeah. It's a good read for real life. I find for in person. I mean, you think in a photo it might read better, but it. Yeah, you're right, and and it also works uh, better for skin tones. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. So would would you say that that was your your guide for interpreting it as a, a feminine version that you were just trying to just look to Hartnell's character for those quirks, or you were you were did you have anything else in mind as a, an inspiration? No, I, I, it was definitely Hartnell's character for those quirks. Definitely. And I was like, there, there was just something about that tuxedo coat pattern um, that spoke to me about his character. And I was like, I've got to do this, especially since I found ZZ Top. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Um, um, well, that, that's cool. I, I think this pretty much is uh, wraps up the Hartnell talk. Are there any final thoughts you guys have about the character or the costume? I've been scratching I, I'm the back just of my brain. I've just been scratching the back of my brain trying to remember this stuff from you know three years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes, it's a little fresher front. Of... Sorry, go on. I'm grateful that people. Rec- I'm I'm grateful that people recognize the character. There are so many people that they're like oh, Arnold. And they and they can can I take your picture? Can I take your picture? And I was like, oh, that's so great. The people are do actually know the character. There are always folks dressed as characters from the new program. Uh, not only uh, the the guys out there, but the girls too uh, that cosplay the doctor. They'll play they'll cosplay a doctor from the new series, but you hardly ever see women cosplaying the doctors or anybody from the original. Series. The classic, as and we call it. You, the classic series. And, and you, Bob, Scott, and I, we're old school. And uh, we, we want to keep all these characters alive. And that is one of the reasons I did this. Yeah, you got to fly the old school and, colors. 
Indeed, and there's another uh, character from the, uh, the classics that I haven't seen done very much that I'm thinking about doing next year. So, ah, a top secret project here. <laughs> oh. Oh, hadn't seen this character done a whole lot. Okay, uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Um, yeah, I I think you you summed it up very well for me uh, as well about about Hardnell and, and and most of the classic doctors. Which at least you know I, I will say over the last few years there have been a lot more people, both men and women, who have done you know McGann and McCoy and of course Tom Baker and so forth. But um, I I do find the black and white era especially uh, tends to get underserved, and it's it's great to to put it out there and uh, keep it alive for the fans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think that wraps up our little Hartnell special here. Um, thank you guys for being on and, and talking about the uh, the lapel clutchedness of William Hartnell. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, like I said, keep it fun, keep it real. <laughs> Don't get precious. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we lose the signal for this episode. So although we've wrapped up our Hartnell chat and Scott Sebring departs, please come back for part three of my chat solo with Valerie Anderson discussing some of her other costuming projects. Also following this, uh, we will be discussing Doctor Who tailoring with Mr. Steve Rick. So I hope you'll be there for that, all as a part of our countdown to Gallifrey One. All right, if you have any questions, ideas, or, you know, notions, just send them my way to www.costumestationzero.com. Thank you very much. This is Bob Mitch signing off for Costume Station Zero. Yeah.